Welcome to the uh, Wildcat Country postgame show. Eric Cohen and Shane Dale, really pleased to be joined by our special guest, Rick Elmore, who, uh, former U of A defensive end legend, uh, played on winning teams, teams that actually knew how to win football games, and also might be the most famous person I share a birthday with. So uh, February 1st, so there you go. Uh, so Rick, yeah. thank you for joining us today. I, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm going to throw something against my TV. Uh, can you just say something about what you saw tonight in the loss to Colorado? I mean, it's been it's been a frustrating season. It's been a frustrating year, right? Um, you know, I was talking to Shane about this earlier. You just you're, you're looking around because like there's lots of questions. You're looking for answers, and you know you see little glimpses of hope. And uh, you know, at the beginning of this game this week, you know, I was excited. I was like, man, this is this is it. You know, we're gonna get that uh, monkey off our back, and we're gonna get through this, and we're gonna turn some things around. But you know, we're young. And um, again, this is a weird year and, you know, with all the opt outs and the transfers and the young kids and there's, it's just, it's a weird year. So um, it's definitely the, yeah, it's challenging to watch. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I made the analogy earlier on, on Twitter. It's that, uh, that remember that state farm commercial with the, uh, the, the guy with the, um, the dollar bill on the fish hook, like taking yanks it away. Gotta be quick. Yeah. That. That's what, <laughs> that's how that game was. Cause because they kept giving us hope, you know, in the third quarter yeah. and then the fourth quarter, you know, they, was it Michael Wiley tripped over? I don't know if he tripped over his own feet or the turf right. there. Yeah. Like, okay. How are they going to find a way to blow this one? And then two plays later, the interception, then the fourth quarter. Okay. They might score here. And then you got the three straight running plays up the middle and then the fade route and fourth down. And all right. People have to lose their jobs yeah. after this stuff, guys. I mean, you can't, uh, Shane, we have discussed this over and over. You cannot continue to employ Kevin Sumlin at this. You can't do it. You, you well, have to find a way. I don't care if we start a GoFundMe, this guy and Mazzoni <laughs> and his bubble screens. I mean, all right, Rick, let me start with you on this one. Did you, and you don't have to name him, but did you play for coaches when you were in college that you were like, this, these guys, at, some, at one point or another, did you think these guys need to be fired? Did you ever think that? Um, <laughs> no, because as a player, that's as a player. I mean, at least from my opinion, that's the the last thing that you want because you're with somebody in their in their system, and you've worked on that for so long. And if that happens, I feel like that just takes even more wind out of your sails, and it is uh, you start over unless something terrible is going on. I mean, obviously, losing is never good, um, but. it's just one of those weird questions, right? Like how do you make that decision? But unfortunately, you know, as much as college football is a sport, it is a business and yeah, you want to see changes when things aren't going good. But um, I just, I don't see how that would help this second. Yeah. So Rick, I I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started here about, you know, that you played for Mike Stoops and how Mike Stoops very methodically turned around the program and you were part of that. And, you know, when, when I went to school there, it was mostly John Makovic. And of course that was, that was, you know, an awful era. In some ways, I think that was worse. In some ways, mm-hmm. I think this was worse just because of the financial situation Arizona's in. I mean, yeah. you, you have two options, really. You can, you know, stay the course, and that might be the only option, really, because the other option is to is for Dave Peaky, the athletic director, to go back to the boosters that he went to three years ago to raise money to hire Kevin Sumlin and say, so guys, we, we need seven and a half million dollars for him not to coach. And we need money mm-hmm. to presumably for the next head coach. So I, I just, I, I guess my question is Rick, do you, cause I, I mean, I have my thoughts, Eric has those thoughts and we'll share them more as we go along, but do you see some hope in this team based on what you saw on the field tonight? Do you see hope that this team could be good maybe next year, the year after that? I know they're a young team, like you said. 
So, uh, you know, let me answer this in two ways. So, uh, I mean, we've we've seen it a, a few times this this year. They show some flash, they sh show some promise, but there needs to be some consistency. And the expectation as a program or as the players or the coaching staff or everybody as a whole, they got to come together and and come together and say that it's not acceptable to not be consistent. It's not acceptable to, you know, just do one or two good plays a game. Um, Football is a team sport. You know, when I played, it was everybody do your responsibility. And if you don't do your responsibility, you're letting the other 10 guys down. And I remember taking that to heart. Um, if I, I knew the second the ball went, or the, the second the snap happened, if, if there was a misstep, or my hands weren't right, I didn't do something that was going to affect somebody else. But I took that very personal. And I the game is very different. You know, this, this was 10 years ago. It's kind of weird to say that, but um yeah. you know with all the social media and all these kids and liking this and they're just so worried about different things and you know it felt like what we were um when i was playing but um yeah i mean I, I see some promise but it has to come from within the heart of the program these kids have to come together they have to rally these coaches have to set the expectations this is a winning program it's not acceptable to lose it's not acceptable to accept losing like they they should be on fire right now these kids should be yeah. upset they should be mad um and I don't see that. I don't know if you guys see that, but I don't no. see that on the sidelines. Like, no. And here, here's the other problem, Rick, is I it feel like the coaches don't care. I mean, no offense to Will Plummer, but that guy, by the third quarter, anybody who knows football even a little bit, whether we've ever put on a jersey or not, clearly I haven't, uh, knows that guy was outmatched and should not have been in the game. You have Rhett Rodriguez, who, I mean, you might as well give him a shot. The guy's a coach's son. I know he's not the most physically talented player, but Give him a yeah. shot. You're in the yeah. game. And Plummer clearly wasn't getting it done. So this is on Mazzoni and someone for just being lackadaisical. You're, you're not, I mean, Plummer's not your quarterback of the future. You're not, what are yeah. you keeping him in the game for at this point? Yeah, Rhett does have some experience. He he did he he has played in the past. I do remember it, it, it was it last season, the season before. Three years ago. Um, yeah. was three it three years, years ago. ago? Yeah. But um, yeah, you have to do something. Um the coaches have to do something and they have to, it's like a sense of urgency, right? Like you can't have that lackadaisical approach that they have to show the fans, you know, the alumni, the boosters, whoever that they're, they're looking for answers. Right. And I agree with you. Um, you know, I thought Plummer took a couple good hits and made a couple good throws in the game. I don't know if you guys remember the, the throw he made in the second quarter. He stepped right into it and he made a huge, I mean, it was a great catch as well, Yeah. but you know, it's his first game, but um yeah, I mean, there something has to happen, and there has to be a sense of urgency, and can't have that oxidizical approach, like you said. Let's let's go to some comments real fast, if you don't mind, Shane. Sure. Just sure. guys, uh, uh, Chris texts and says, "Hey, Rick." He says, uh, "Noel Mazzoni is out of style as bleached tips." I like that. That's a I, uh, by the way, <laughs> real quick. I had a couple ASU fans um, comment, and it's like, "Yeah, we tried to warn you about Noel Mazzoni." Yeah, because, because he coached uh -huh. under Dennis Erickson, of course, back in the day. So. AZ Family Doctor says, I don't see much hope in this team. And, and AZ Family Doctor, I know from, uh, you know, I sit near at the games. He says, they're young but poorly motivated by coaching. Agreed. Austin chimes Agreed. in. There's a reason someone got run out of A&M. And uh, Espo, we got uh, Celebrity Espo. I like it. Appreciate it. My old radio buddy from college says, no player revolt yet. Until then, it's not as bad as the early 2000s. Actually, <laughs> wait, wait. I, think it's, I think it's actually worse. I'm going to tell you why. In the 2002 year where they revolted, they won four games. This team, you could be playing 
uh, whoever well, from Coastal Carolina's conference, and they're not winning four games. I'm telling you that right now. Rick, let me ask you because, I mean, I think the last time Arizona really had a great pass rush probably was when you and Brooks rerun on that line. And the defense, I think overall, it's weird to say because Colorado rushed for over 300 yards in this game, but they only gave up 24 yeah. points. The week before, they gave up 27. Arizona should have won one of those games, you would think. But I've seen some glimmers of hopes. Like, you know, Anthony Pandy had two picks tonight. Rick yeah. Freeberg has come out of nowhere. What are your thoughts on yeah. the defense right now? Well, we had no turnovers until today, right? So, again, yeah. that's flashiness. We saw three turnovers today. Um, you know, I think our D-line does an okay job at, like, holding their own. But, again, it's all about pass rush, putting pressure on the quarterback. You know, the secondary can't cover receivers for eight seconds, right? You know, right. like, the the secondary, the linebackers, they're relying on that front five or front seven to do something, right? Get your hands up, knock, knock down a pass. You know, make sure that quarterback feels uncomfortable. And we do have to get a better pass rush. Um, pass rush is, I think it starts up front. Actually, it does. I mean, that's what the coaches used to say nonstop. It starts up front. And um, again, it just you have to take it personal. Like, if you want to be great and you want to win and you want to be good at what you do, like these, I mean, you just have to take it personal. You want to be the best. Like, you can't yeah. accept not, not getting there, right? If, All right. Yeah. Rick, I, I, want, I want to pause here. I want to ask you about your playing days here for a second before we get back to the game. The Iowa game in 2010 was one of the most, I would say one of the most enjoyable football games I've ever been to. I was there. I was there. And, and yeah, Shane, you would, you would agree with that. Because of what happened in the fourth quarter, you and Brooks Reed absolutely ambushed Ricky Stanzi. And I think it was, what, three sacks, three sacks in a row? I think it was four, but one didn't count because of a false start. But oh, is that right? No one could hear it because the crowd was going so crazy. I mean, it was that that was amazing. Just take us through what that sequence was like, what you remember from it. Well, I mean, that was that was our senior year, and it was me and Brooks and DeAndre and and um I mean it was a bunch of guys, you know, we had a, a very tenured defensive line. But that was a big game, right? I mean, that was a primetime game against a good team. And Again, it goes back to all of us expected to win. We wanted to win. Um, we weren't going to be bullied or, you know, people didn't expect us to win, but we wanted to win. So um, at the end of the game, you know, players have to step up and make plays. And, like, that's what, you know, we're a young team. Like, players have to understand that. You can't just, like, let things come to you. Like, you have to kind of force those big plays. You have to, like, rise to the, the occasion and make those big plays. And, you know, the opportunity was there in 2010, you know, um, we knew they were going to throw the ball. So we just, you know, cocked, you know, got our hands in the dirt, throw our, threw the head down and just, you know, it was a sprint to the quarterback. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty memorable experience. Yeah. And I think the effort level you guys displayed on that, I mean, cause remember, you know, for those of us that don't play, I can imagine it's pretty tiring when you're, when you're going max effort play after play after play, especially when you're trying to beat, you know, big NFL caliber offensive linemen and you guys yeah. absolutely right. And I, I will under Kirk Ferentz has always been noted for their huge linemen. I mean, they had what's the guy's name that went number two overall in the draft back in the day? Robert Gallery, I think he. So I was always produced a bunch of, you know, Riley Reefs, another one that comes to mind that, you know, they're a lineman factory, lineman and tight ends. And you guys absolutely bullied them and, and made a statement on national television about, you know, Arizona should be taken seriously and, and how hard you were playing for Mike Stoops. And I, I almost wish you and Brooks could go down there and show those guys what yeah. it's like to put forth some effort, you know? Well, I think Brooks would do a little bit better job than I would right now, but uh, oh come on now, <laughs> you're a CEO though. We'll get to that. Yeah, here a and bit. I have two kids, and yeah, yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, no, um, 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it, it just comes back to attitude and effort. You know, I was a, I was a motor guy. You know, that's what everybody always called me, and um, I was never going to be out hustled or out tried. Um, th- these kids are Division One athletes; they train all year, so it shouldn't be a, a conditioning problem. Um, it's it's a heart heart thing here. Like it's like, are you going to run through the line? Are you going to finish those last two steps? Are you going to blow play through the whistle? Right? Like, are you just going to want to get there? And um, yeah, you can't teach that. Let's talk I about lack of talent. Oh, go ahead, Shane. I'm sorry. No, so I was just going to ask for it because I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but but I guess I'm I'm going to a little bit anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I feel like, and Eric and I have talked about this. I, you know, in in hindsight, 2020, obviously, but I feel like, you know, Dave Hickey, instead of hiring the guy who's probably the best fit for the program, and I think Mike Stoops was really that guy. He hi- he went out and hired the biggest name, like the biggest name out there, in Kevin Sumlin. Um, I don't know your philosophy on this, but it, do you, are you more of a person who thinks, okay, you've got to find the guy who's like the right fit for the program and knows maybe even knows the university, whether they're an alum or not. And, 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 you know, knows the area, or are you more of a guy who's like, you know, try to get the biggest name out there based on, on their previous track record? Yeah. Um, so I think this is how I'd like to answer that, that question. When you're hiring a coach, like, are you going to try to build a, a program around a coach? Or are you going to try to build a program around a program? You know, um, I think that's what you got to look at. Um, when Stoops, you know, Stoops was different. You know, I don't think, you know, I think someone's more of like a player's coach. He's walking around bumping fists with people, you know, yeah. trying to buddy, buddy players. Stoops was not that, um, made you feel uncomfortable, right? Like if you're walking down the hall and you walk by him, you're like, uh, like it was just different. And coach Stoops was all about X's and O's. He was a, a genius when it came to football. Um, uh, I'll t- tell you a quick, funny story. My redshirt freshman year, I missed a, a, a blitz and I got out of a gap. And, you know, for the first two years, I was just taught to do my job. I didn't un- understand anything else, what the DBs are doing, the linebackers, nothing. I just knew what I was doing. And in this game, I missed a, missed a blitz. I got cut off, didn't get my gap, and they got like 15 yards or whatever. And we're watching this, this film on Sunday, and he literally blew off his hat. Like, he just exploded. And he got up in front of 120 kids and just like yelled and screamed and like, Ricky, if you don't get here, that guy can't get there. And then this guy can't do his job. And this person, if you just blow up. And like in the 15 seconds that he was yelling and screaming at me, I learned more about that defense in 15 seconds than I did in two years. Hmm. But Coach Stoops, like he was just, he was so analytical. And I mean, he just, you can tell his brain was just wired differently, but you know, going back to answering your question, you know, are you going to build it around a coach? Are you going to build it around a program? Are you going to build it around, you know, um, the tradition? And um, I think that's a really hard question to answer. Mike Stoops apparently is uh, it's on the sidelines for Alabama tonight. That's the uh, that's the rumor that he is uh, he's been unleashed. So I haven't I just put on the game the uh, Alabama LSU game, but I hope we get a, a glimpse of Mike Stoops because it's good to see him back on the sidelines. Just want to get to a couple comments here, uh, Adam Texan. And says uh, kicking field goals equals close losses. No fire in the program. They're flat every week. And it starts at the top. When your coach doesn't display it, it can't filter down. Uh, Chris says, gentlemen, your post game has been the best part of this travesty. And congrats on the business, Rick. <laughs> oh, thank so, you. Uh, we, we aim to play. Yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting, though, because I something I thought about is such a culture change for Arizona. Because I feel like Arizona, their last two head coaches were very fiery. You know, Stoops and obviously Rich Rodriguez. Extremely the way rich, you- right, yeah. The way you describe Mike Stoops sounds like it could have been Rich Rodriguez, right? Uh, so to be honest, it, like I think those are the types of coaches you need for 18, 19, 20 year old kids. Hmm. You don't need, you don't need uh yeah, you need somebody who's gonna light that fire and hold these kids accountable. And 
it's okay to not feel comfortable. Like if you're not comfortable, like that means you gotta you have work to do, right? And um, and that and that's what Scooby Wright always talked about with Rich Rodriguez is you know getting them comfortable with not being comfortable, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. that was what it was all about. So yeah, yeah, Rick, Rick, something you said where Stoops kind of undressed you verbally in a meeting in front of a whole. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could, happened like ten times a year. Yeah, but yeah, but that could go the other way though. That could go the other way where as a player you just tune somebody like that out. It's interesting that you you really took it to heart and and made yourself better because of it. And I, I think I, that's impressive. Yeah. I think football's the the greatest metaphor for life. Um, there's people out there that tune out to anything, right? Any type of criticism, any type of person trying to talk or whatever. But then there's people that listen, and there's people that try to change and get better. And those are the kids that grow up to be successful adults because under they understand that. Um, obviously somebody's seeing something that they're not doing or they can get better and that's being coachable and, and, uh, yeah. And if you're, you're coachable, you can be a good employee. You can be a good business owner. I mean, there's just so many different things that you can do with that. And, um, yeah, and it's, I think it's the coach's job to, to get those kids to be coachable and it's not, it's not being, you know, their friend, it's being their coach. Right. So, yeah. Go ahead, Shane. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was going to run down some of the positive things. Now because yeah, go ahead. Know, yeah, let's do positive. There, there let's were some, do I mean, well, there, I mean, there were plenty. They just couldn't get the damn ball in the end zone. Uh, Gary Brightwell was fantastic. You know, he had touched yeah. the run in the first quarter, had some big runs. Uh, Michael Wilder had some. Yeah, yeah, gosh, he, he might be playing uh, in the NFL pretty soon. Uh, Michael Wiley had some great runs, even though he got tripped up on, I don't know, again, I don't know if it was a defender who tripped him up or it was a turf monster, but uh, had some fantastic runs tonight as well. Um, Lucas Haversick made his field goals. He's always an adventure, but that that went well. Um, uh, and then, like you said, uh, Rick. Uh, no, hold on. Homer. You're missing one. You're missing one. Hmm. Anthony Pandy. Well, I was getting there. Was okay, getting there. okay, okay. I'm All talking right. about the offensive oh, side offense. of the ball. Right okay, yeah, okay, Anthony okay, Pandy's okay. two interceptions. That first one he made was fantastic. Yes, awesome. A super okay. athletic play. Yeah, and he just couldn't capitalize on it. They went three and out, and then uh, Colorado went down and scored. But uh, two interceptions by him, three turnovers altogether, which was good to see. Uh, that uh, terrific catch by by Plummer, uh, or, or from Plummer to um, who made that spectacular catch? Was Brian it a, Castile. Was it Castile. Brian okay. Castile, yeah, who who yeah. great catch the in the second quarter. Yep. 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 He, so he um, and Pandy really impressed me. Castile so I, and, and Pandy. So I bring all that up to to segue into what will hopefully be a game against ASU next week. Uh, ASU, uh, as of this recording, hasn't played the uh, hasn't played their game against UCLA. They're okay, well. They're 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 they have kicked off. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Hopefully, hopefully both teams are COVID free. We get to play the game next week. So there are some positives there. And then I know Rick, uh, you you went, uh, I think was a two and two against ASU. Yeah. And uh, I I know we we won't talk about the last one. They're always good games. Yeah. They were close. So I I guess all the cliches about, you know, throwing the records out when they play, whoever wants it more wins the game. Do those cliches actually apply to this rivalry? Um, I think it does. You know, I think it comes down to the, the athlete and it comes down to the, the, the type of um, kid that's going to put on the uniform and get out in the field. But, you know, when it comes to ASU, you know, you're playing for something that, that's more than just that game. It's the pride of Arizona, right? You want to come home with a territorial cup. You want something to talk about all year and, and ending off the year with a win over ASU, 
yeah, I, I do think you throw a lot of this, the stuff out. You, you try to move on from it. But, you know, this is a big game. The kids have to treat it like it's a big game. And they got to prepare, like, no matter what. You know, they're going to play COVID or not. Um, if they can't, you know, they have to go in with a mindset, right? That's being a, a college athlete. Or if they want to be professional someday, that's, that's preparing like a professional. Like, you got to get the mind right. You know, you got to put this season behind you and just focus on this game and come out and, and play your best and try to do whatever you can to win and get it, you know, get that territorial cup. So, yeah, and, and we, we've talked about it that Shane's favorite territorial cup memory is the 2008 game where uh, you guys were losing to ASU at halftime. Uh, there was a, who was it? Uh, Mike Thomas or no? Mike Thomas had the big punt return in the second half. And second uh, yeah. half. Yeah. And yeah. then you guys yeah. won 31 10. And then in 2009, your junior year, Rick, was the, uh, where the they fumble fumbled recovery. the punt, yeah. yeah where yeah. Kyle Williams fumbled the punt, yeah. yeah. Mike Turner, Mike uh, Mike Turner, you know, recovered it. He was right there. That was a huge game. That was a that was a fun game. That was a day game. Yeah, and then my senior, yeah, and, yeah. And then we're going to go into that. Yep. Yeah, your senior year was that that was the most painful. Uh, yeah, it was like kicking the ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was we, my senior. Yeah. Oh God. Um, all right. So, I mean, Pandy was great. We talked about 200 yard rusher, Shane, just looking at positives, uh, Wiley nine for one twenty six, Brightwell 20 for one thirteen. Plummer completed 19 of 32, but to me, he, he didn't play very well. Um, I would have, I would have benched him. Um, this team, I thought, I thought Arizona outplayed Colorado minus the 300 yards on the ground, but I mean, Arizona probably should have won that game. I think they, uh, Neuer for Colorado, the quarterback played a miserable game. Uh, I don't think they were particularly well coached. Um, Arizona should have won this game. Uh, there, uh, no excuses as far as I'm concerned. I, I'm completely and thoroughly disgusted with what I saw. I don't think I've been as disgusted with a team. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last team that 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 this U of A team where you look at them and you're like, these guys just don't care. Well, I mean, there, there's some guys that do, but for the most part, these guys just don't care. So looking ahead to the to the ASU game. Um, Rick, I mean, I, the reason I brought up some of the positives is because I, I'm trying to think ahead to, you know, maybe some reasons why Arizona could win that game next week. Obviously, we don't know a lot about ASU because this is their only their second game. They've been out for three weeks. Uh, they got a lot of new faces, so we don't know much about them. But just from the Wildcats side of the ball, what did you see tonight that gives you hope that they could pull off a win against ASU next week? Well, defensive wise, you know, I felt felt better about you know what we did today on defense than what we've been able to do um, for you know, the rest of the games that we've had this year. Um, you know, I, offensive wise, you know, I think our running game is getting better, but we, we can't be one dimensional. Um, we have to have it. We have to play a complete game. We have to have good special teams kicking. You know, I, I thought, I think our, our kicking game has been pretty good this year, but you know, our kicker is not going to win us our, every game. Right. Yeah. But um, you know, the thing I'm going to walk away from this defense, besides, you know, the, the huge rushing yards that we gave up to, um, to Colorado today, you know, we can make some changes there in the front seven. It's just people's gap responsibility, gap responsibility. Um, you know, we can, we can coach that, but I thought we played good um, for some turnovers on defense and, you know, it's going to be weird next week. You know, ASU can come out super flat because they've been off for a few weeks or they can come out with a ton of energy um, and just be all over the place. But I think, uh, I think we have some positive things that we can look at, but um, you know, it just comes back to see if Grant comes back and he's healthy. I don't, I don't know if he's yeah. going to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, we just got to be more, we're going to be more of a complete team. The one coach I would, that I I actually really like at this point from the Arizona side, I actually think Jeremy Springer's done a decent job with the special team. So beyond that, Paul Rhodes, I think has gotten 
probably as much as reasonably expected. 300 from, yards rushing from, from some running back. Come on. And 24, you guys- 24 points this week, 27 last week. That's what matters. I mean, Arizona racked up over 400 yards of offense. They scored 13 points. Who cares? 407 I, I yards think- rushing. Against us. Well, we can, oh. we can keep going around and around. If you want, <laughs> I love Eric. But, uh, I mean, they had 499 yards of total offense. The fact yeah. they only scored 24 was because of the turnovers. And I, I, you know, commend that. But Shane, I mean, 407 yards made yeah. me want to bang my head against the wall. The what whole else game. do you expect from Paul Rhodes for it? I mean, out of a, you know, a bunch of Scheme, freshmen and walk something. What Give me something. I think work Freeberg has been great. Anthony, I think, I think good football teams, you know, you don't need schemes, right? I think you need to, these players need to do their job. And if you have to win games because of blitz packages or getting creative, like you're only, you know, it's like putting makeup over a mole, right? You're only just covering something up. Um, These kids have to make plays, right? They have to get to do their job. They have to step up. And uh, as much as it is coaching, I, I, I don't care. Like, you know, when I got on the field and I snapped up my, my chin strap, it didn't matter what, you know, what my coaches were saying. I knew what I had to do, right? Like, someone aside, you know, the coaches aside, it's still up to the kids. You know, these kids have to make plays. The, the quarterback has to make a good throw. They have to catch it. You know, they have that ball security. So, um, and that just comes up to them. You know, it's a, it's a mindset. And, yeah. I want to get to a couple comments here. Dmato twelve. He's he's texted in a couple times. He says uh, they might as well keep the cardboard cutouts in the stands next season. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you, I mean, seriously, I mean, if you can't, if you keep someone, I'll tell you what. You know, Shane, you know me. I don't miss home games. Yeah. If this crap is going to continue, I'm going to miss home game. I'm not well, going. You, to, I'm not driving down to watch us get our teeth kicked in. You were the one who joked last, uh, Eric, that, that Arizona was practicing social distancing last year before before <laughs> it was cool. The the Utah game. Last year was pathetic. You guys are brutal. But no, but no, the, yeah. the apathy yeah. of this program is I'm, embarrassing. I'm, and, hey, I'm trying to come up with some positives here, but it, I, I, it's admittedly yeah. difficult. Uh, it's it's difficult, but I mean, it, it, I'll tell you what though, it's a classic situation where you know, in, in 2004, Mike Stoops' first year, Arizona wasn't good. They won two games, and they were going up yeah. against the ranked ASU team, and they won. Uh, yeah, but but hold two- on, hold on. You you had Wisconsin at a last second field goal. You should have beaten them. If Nick Folk makes a field goal, you beat them. And the next week, you had Washington State beaten, and you fumbled when you should have taken a knee. That team was a lot better than the record, by the way, a lot okay. better. Well, 2011, everything's falling apart. Mike Stoops gets fired halfway through the season. The Arizona's won, I think, two games to that point as well. And they go into Tempe, and they win. 2016, they're 0-8 in the conference. Uh, everything's going wrong. They, they lost a teammate who passed away before the season started. It was, uh, oh, it was yeah. an awful season in so many ways. And they go out and set a school record for rushing and beat ASU. So – the state, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm probably not going to pick Arizona to win. But this, I, to me, it's like the stage is perfectly set for another Arizona upset and maybe to f- at least have something good to feel about going into the offseason. But I'm not I'm not bold enough to predict it, but it feels oh, like – come on. It, do it. Do it. Arizona, Prediction. I, I want to hear it. Come on. If Arizona – well, here's what I'll say. Here's okay. I'll, I'll give you this. Right. If Arizona can correct a couple things and complete those drives and not have the turf monster tackle them and, you know, and capitalize off the turnovers, if they can correct – a couple of things from tonight's game, then they have a shot to win next week. Absolutely. Well, okay, fine. I mean, you know, how much makeup do you want to put on the mole, as Rick said? I mean, you know, <laughs> let's let's be honest. You need you need to cake that stuff on. Look, you I'm, know? Trying to, I'm trying to be a little bit positive. I can't, Shane. I can't. I can't. I not with this coaching staff. I cannot be positive. 
I mean, uh, some of the guys, I, I appreciate the effort from Pandy, Brightwell, Wiley, uh, Castile. Brooke Freeberg. Brooke Freeberg, uh, Freeberg yeah. Uh, Winston Dance has five sacks by the line tonight. Kyle Devan and company are going to struggle against ASU. They did great on run blocking, but they couldn't pass block. Yeah. Um, you know, Papa Mike, who's an Oklahoma fan, said he, he has to say he enjoyed tonight's Arizona game more than the Oklahoma game. Don't let those running yards get to you, Eric. Most were just on a few plays. True, but that's that's also scheme and, and, and effort and all that stuff. I, in, all, in all honesty, though, like, I, I want to think, we, Shane, I, I really want you to be right that we can beat ASU. I mean, maybe you never know in this. You throw out the, the records. I just, it feels like a dead end o, o for season. You know, yeah, it just, maybe. it does. I, but I, I feel like they're, this team is actually playing better at this point in the season than last year's team was. I think last year's team was just, was just a train wreck and going into Tempe, I think there's much chance at all. They were going to win that game. And ASU was playing pretty well at this point this year. There are more wild cards. You just don't know what to expect. I mean, Arizona's, like I said, here and there, they, they didn't look terrible. They just, it was frustrating the way that they, that they weren't able to finish drives. And you combine that with the fact that ASU has only played, well, it'll be two games going into next week. So you don't, so I just think there's a lot more up in the air that maybe, you know, the, the chaos that has reigned this season may actually work in Arizona's favor. Rick, one of the years well, that you were, when you were playing, um, I think it was 08 or whatever. Uh, yeah, 08, you played Washington. I remember Gronk had a huge game in that game. Uh, they went 0-12. And you you just saw, like, you guys just completely outclassed them. I don't know if you remember that game. It was a, it was a home game. I think it was yeah. an afternoon game. And I'm watching this Arizona team. I'm like, they remind me of that Washington team. They just, they both, they look deficient. They look like yeah. they have no chance, you know? Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to be negative about my team. <laughs> I get it. I get. It. I listen. I and I love. I, I love yeah. the football team. I do. I, Bro, I know you. Do. Know I know you're a good fan. I know you're a super fan. So we've had tons of conversations about this. But mm-hmm. I will always have hope. I will always have faith. When it comes to ASU, I'm gonna say, I'm always gonna go for us. You know, I'm not gonna say that we're gonna lose. But uh. There has to be there has to be some changes, and I we're, I'm not going to say where I'm not going to say who, but um, as a player, if I was a player on this team, and I was 0 and 4 or 0 and 8, um, there would be something lit inside of me to want to prevent that from ever happening again, um, and that's where the players it, it comes down to the players, and I know I've said this before, um, but. We don't know what's happening in the locker room. We don't know what type of players they that are truly in that locker room. We can see what yeah. we see on Saturdays, right? We can see what people talk about in the blogs and all that stuff. But there has to be a leader, right? There has to be a Scooby. There has to be a Nick Foles. There has to be somebody, right, that rallies. They have somebody to pick up that torch and lead the team. And I don't know who that is right now. I don't. Um, you know, if, if somebody wants to say that's Grant, you know, what is he, a sophomore, right? Yeah. He, you know, he's a young guy. He's still unproven, right? He's shown some promise, but um, somebody has to pick that up. Somebody has to lead the way. It's almost like that Braveheart moment, right, where you just pick it up and you scream and you, you charge in the battle and the guys go with you. And I, I don't know. I don't know if, who's doing that. Um, I don't know who that guy is. Shane, Shane, I'm gonna, I, have, I have a question for both of you. And I, I kind of, you know, Shane, uh, Rick, one thing that I always like to do to Shane is kind of put him on the spot with something. <laughs> And I'm, so I'm going to make him start with this one. Shane, it's the offseason now. The Wildcats, unfortunately, go winless in this campaign. And you are Kevin Sumlin, and you're pitching the program to recruits. 
tell us how you would sell would, this Wildcats team. I, yeah, I, got, I got three words. I would three love words. to. I would love to recruit for Arizona. So that's one thing. If if my okay. company I, takes I, off, I would love to recruit because I feel okay. like I could do a good job. I, I'm from Southern California, and when, I remember when I got recruited and I got off at the Tucson International Airport and I had to drive through South Tucson to get there. Um, it was it was different, you know, than from what I was used to in the concrete jungle. But I love it, and I know you guys know I love it. But you got to have somebody there that has some type of um, experience and loyalty and blood, and who's been there in the moment. They can mm-hmm. explain it. And I would love to recruit for Arizona someday, but you know, obviously that's not now. But um, recruiting definitely right. We've had some decommits. I, I saw that this week. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not going to help. You know, well, what would you sell like the program app. on? Sell the pro. Tell, I mean, it's sell. Shane, you have three words. What when, I three got, words? when I got recruited, I was sold on a rebuild and I okay. wanted to be a part of a rebuild. And there's a special kid out there. Some kids want to go to the NFL. Some kids want to be, you know, in the national championship. I wanted to be a part of a rebuild because that's something that I know or I knew that I was going to be able to hang my hat on for the rest of my life. If I came in here and the program was two and 10, I remember getting like heckled when I, re- when I, uh, when I committed, when I was still a senior in high school, like I would be walking like down, like the walk path, like down to the football field. And, and like the other team's fans were like, good job. Like pick it, Arizona. They suck. I was like, whatever. Wow. Yeah. Like seriously. But I wanted to be a part of that. And it's a special kid. And some of these kids, you know, they, they're kind of entitled. Like they don't understand the work that goes into building something. Um, you got to find those workers. You got to find those, those, those hard hard workers that want to rebuild because it's a lot harder to rebuild than show up to, you know, somewhere that's has success every single year. Right. Um, and I would sell, you know, I would sell it on that and I wouldn't try to sell it on something that it's not because when you overpromise and under deliver, it's not a good thing, right? You got to be honest. And I, I feel like recruiting is, you know, sometimes a sales job and some of these, these coaches sell it as something it's not. And, Shane, uh, what are your what are your three words, Shane? You would sell it on immediate playing time. Ah, uh, I yeah. knew that. I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yeah, that's and, well, look, Arizona is they're not going to get the five star guys, and they're not no. going to get a lot of four star guys. They're just not, you know. And Rich Rodriguez realized that as well. That's why he created what he called the OKGs, our kind of guys. And he went out and dug those, found some of those diamonds in the rough, like Scooby Wright, like two star Scoob, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two star guy. So, you know, it you're not. That doesn't mean you don't try to get them, but I think you can go to a lot of these, you know, three-star, high three-star guys, maybe low four-star guys, and 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 like and like Rick said, sell them on a rebuild. I think the only only problem is, if, you know, as long as Arizona's struggling like this, you know, with their current head coach, like if they brought in another head coach, I think that would be easier to sell it on. You know, we're rebuilding, we're starting from scratch, but you still got Kevin Sumlin. You're going into year four of what's not been a success so far. Well, so also. Also, a kid's not going to want to go somewhere where they, you know, they think their coach is going to be fired. Right. Right. So Arizona, you know, Hiki, the community has to either back him or do something because as a recruit, you want to come in and play for your coach. You want to come in and play for the guy that recruited you. So if there's going to be all this talk about, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of people, what they want to, to happen, they either need to address it and say, this is not going to happen. Right. Or it needs to happen and they need to figure it out because recruits don't want to, you know, who's going to be my coach. Right. Like, 
How do I well, know? Like I got I got recruited as a four three DN. How do I know they're not going to bring in a guy who does a three five or a three three or a three four or something? Like that's not my my style, right? Like these kids need to know. So you you, you were a three star prospect according to your twenty four seven sports profile. Had offers from schools. <laughs> uh, I got I got it pulled up here. You got Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Kansas State, Wyoming, uh, Utah are listed along with Arizona. I would take a roster full of Rick Elmore's. You know, with that offer list, uh, you can you can take those guys and, and make them winners. And that's what you guys did. You guys helped turn that program around from a team mm-hmm. that didn't make a bowl game, from a school that didn't make a bowl game in 10 years to one that, you know, went to some pretty nice, you know, the Vegas Bowl and then the Alamo Bowl and back-to-back years. Yeah, and then uh, what was the Holiday Bowl? That was a Hol- big no, Excuse well. me. It went, it went Vegas, Holiday, Holiday Alamo. So, yeah, Alamo. three in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane, I know you wanted to touch on something else here. Well, I, I think again, you know, I, I don't, I don't see how how you're going to find seven and a half million dollars to buy out Kevin Soma. You know, I just don't. I, I think they are priced in for at least. It's like I, I used the analogy uh, with Eric uh, Rick the other week about. I don't know if you play poker, but it's like you, you're you're toward the end of a poker hand, you know, and you got a lot of money in there. And you know, you're probably going to lose, but you're priced in. You got to see it through. It's like if you fold. You're just out a bunch of money anyway, so you might as well just keep going a little bit further. And I think the Wildcats are priced in, especially at a time where you're not getting any ticket revenue. They're laying off members of the athletic department. How do you justify spending seven and a half yeah. million dollars? I just don't. I, I yeah. think that they are priced in. If I yeah, were a betting man guy, right now, uh, Kevin Sumlin will be fired. Uh, if not next week, then the week after. Rick, I, where do you? I, I feel great about it. I feel great about saying that. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> Eric. I mean, I do. I, I did. So I feel, go ahead. Rick, what were you um, going to say? Um, I think Kevin has to do some type of like public statement, you know, to show that he cares. And um, he's kind of a quiet guy, you know, and I don't, you guys, you guys obviously watch his like post game conferences. Right. And he says all the right things like, Oh, it's my fault or we need to do better. Or, this is what happened. But um, I think there has to be some type of like moments. Um, from Kevin showing like, Hey, I'm all in here. I want to be here. This is important to me. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, because if you don't show that and you know, you don't communicate it and you don't make us believe it. Right. And then that, and we're already going through this hard thing as a community, right. If it's COVID and now losing season and everything else, right. Like we at least want to know the guy who's leading our team, you know, wants to be here. Right. And he wants to lead these kids and he wants to do this and he's all in, he's bought in. And I think he needs to do that. Um, and I think it's it's for the community and the program, all that stuff, but it's for recruiting as well. So, um, and Kevin's a quiet guy. You know, he's not Rich Rod and he's not Stoops. Like those guys would get fired up, right? And that's not him, but um, I think he needs to do something like that. Well, Rick, uh, you know, before we let you go, and, and thank you for joining Shane and I and kind of putting up with my nonsense. Uh, to I be love expected. it. I do it every week, Rick. Yeah, poor Shane. He's he's also a saint for putting up with me. Tell us about your company, Simply Noted, which has taken off. You're everywhere. You're, you're getting write ups and all these publications. I mean, I'm telling you what you you have taken something and and really blown up. Tell us about your company and how people can uh, find out more and and you know get some of your services. Um, yeah, I went back to Eller back in 2017 and had a marketing teacher talk about the value of handwritten notes and the success of handwritten notes and. Fast forward three years or two and a half years, we've developed a robotic technology that writes real human pen-written notes. So 
that's the 50,000 foot overview, but we have APIs and software integrations and we work with companies and, and insurance companies and we basically help them um, build better relationships with their clients or identify new opportunities with old fashioned, real relationship building pen written notes. So we can send one or a million um, pen written notes that are customized and genuine in the time it takes you to basically send a text message. So it's wow. pretty cool. Arizona's offense could use that kind of innovation. <laughs> <laughs> and and Rick, how, how can people find your company? Where can they go on the web to find it? Simply noted, just how it's spelled, simplynoted.com. Simply noted. I mean, you talk about like a creative idea that I mean everybody can use at some point or another. You you've developed it. I mean, it's it's I'm unique and you wonder it, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I'm a football player and you know, I'm a I don't have an engineering background or a software background. You know, I come from very humble beginnings, blue collar, middle class family. Um, so to leave corporate America, you know, I was doing med device sales to develop robotics and software and build websites and work with developers and now have a team of eight people and responsible for W2s and building business plans and forecasting like stuff I've never had to do. But um don't want to beat a dead horse but this this goes back to the type of person i was when i played football like i wanted it it was personal um failure was never an option like losing was never an option and i've taken that mentality and like how football was a great metaphor for life and i've just applied it to everything else that i've done and i think that's something that you know people you know can take that mindset you know and move it to, along to other things that they're doing in their lives. Um, I think, you know, you can really open yourself up to some amazing opportunities. So well, congratulations on all of your success. You've uh, you're killing it. And uh, you have a wonderful family. Uh, your wife, Callista, for those that may not know, was the uh, catcher on the 2007 national championship team for the women's softball team. And so it's a, uh, and your two kids, uh, certainly very cute. Um, and you, I Thank mean, you. future, future Wildcats, are you talking Absolutely. about like the perfect athletic genes right there, yeah. uh, between you and Callista. Um, so you're very lucky and, uh, thank you so much for joining Shane yeah, and I. And, yeah. We were hoping to be a win tonight. I mean, we thought in the first we're quarter, well, nothing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Shane, yeah, final thoughts, any, any final thoughts before, uh, you want to preview what we got coming up, uh. I am excited at some point, Eric, to do one of these post game shows after a victory. You know, and it might be next year. It might be next year. (laughs) I was really hoping it was going to be tonight, but um, you know, I'll I'll mention one more thing. Mm -hmm. If Arizona's down at halftime next week to ASU, that's actually maybe a good sign because the last three games they played against ASU, they've all they've lost all of them. They've been ahead at halftime, and they were ahead. They were ahead for most of the first Hmm. half of the game. So maybe they're behind. At halftime, they lull ASU in a false end. I'm just blowing smoke, but you know, I hope we have a win to talk about. Maybe it'll be next week. Maybe it'll be next year. But we, everyone who stopped by and watched or listened on, on the podcast, we really appreciate it. And Winston Dan will give him the last word. He says, "Thank you for the great insight on Arizona football, Rick. Your business sounds awesome. Bear down." So uh, for uh, for Rick Elmore, our special guest, and, and Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for tuning into the post game show. We'll do it again next week after the ASU game and uh, podcast coming out. Uh, Check for it uh, this week on social media and on our platforms. And as always, bear down.